Hi, welcome to Playful Joy, a parenting podcast without the guilt. My name is Charlene Nicole, and I've been a teacher for more than 10 years. I have two children of my own, and I've been working with children since I began babysitting around the age of 13. Um, I've also worked with children with special needs in daycares, preschools, and uh, one very special foster home. I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to rediscover the joy of parenting and being with my children again, and just share funny stories to make you laugh. I want to help dispel the myths of perfection we see on social media and remove shame and blame from this parenting game. My goal is to help you feel that you're not the only one who feels like you don't know what you're doing. You're not the only one who's wondering how life with children isn't what you thought it would be. This podcast gives helpful tips, tricks, and advice to help you with whatever life with kids throws your way. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you love it. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. I know there's a lot of time and a lot of podcasts out there, so I'm really thankful that you're here with me. And today I'd like to talk about dealing with big feelings. So we all know what's going on in the world. There are a lot of big feelings out there. Your feelings, your kids' feelings, your partner's feelings, your parents' feelings, just feelings forever. So many feelings. So I wanted to just start with a little background about how we teach children about feelings. So I'm going to start with some background, then I'm going to start with something you can do, um, a helpful scientific-based approach to help you recognize and name your feelings, and then um, something you can do with your children to help them, and then uh, one saving grace in our household, which is the calm down basket. So I don't know if you've heard of this. There's many different names. I will go through that and then link um, the one that I use and a couple others that you can... um, download and print out and make quickly with things in your own home that um, help your child calm down. So let's get started. So we begin teaching children about feelings right away. We um, talk to our infants about how they're feeling. It's often happy, mad, sad, right? Those are the big three. And then as we get older, we, we, some of us narrow it down to just happy, sad or happy, mad. So we, we feed our little, our little infant and we're like, oh, you're really mad. Mommy's taking too long to get the bottle, aren't you? Or, oh, you're really sad that mommy stepped away for one second. So we talk like that and we name their feelings right from the get-go. And that is the first step in teaching children about what's happening in their body when they have emotions. And it happens big for kids. It happens instantly. Um, they go from zero to 10 and they don't know what's happening. So it can be actually kind of frightening. Um, hence the toddler, (laughs) if you have one, you know, um, it can be upsetting for them. They don't know what's going on and they don't know how to calm themselves down. Um, and so they need your help. And so we start with naming their feelings for them. So we start when they're infants, we talk about their feelings. And then from there, when they're toddlers, we, name their feelings for them. And what I think is really great is to expand the feelings. So there's not just happy, mad, and sad. There's jealous, there's disappointed, there's, um, furious, there's elated, there's joyous, there's excited. So all of the feelings, the more specific you can be, the better. And to teach them all those names using books, using their friends. Oh, so-and-so's really unhappy that you are really disappointed or really mad that you took his toy. Um, 
in the book, Franklin's really anxious about going to school for the first time. Look at his face. How, what about his face tells you that he's anxious? So all these words, and it's okay. Don't worry if your kid doesn't know the word anxious. They'll say, what does anxious mean? And you'll say, um, it means scared and upset and worried. And then they'll learn the words. I had a professor, amazing professor, in my early childhood education um, degree or certificate that said, use big words and children will learn them. And I think this is true. I think if you just use happy, sad, mad, because you think that's all they understand, that's all they'll ever understand. So you use the big words and they rise up to your level. Like your expectation moves a bit as they get older and then they will, they'll move up to your understanding of the emotions as you explain them more and more and more. So um, from there, once we start naming those feelings, those many, many feelings in books and life, um, we use those words. Oh, you're feeling anxious that mommy has to go to work again. I see that you're feeling anxious, your face, your um eyebrows are furrowed, you're, you know, you can name all the things that's happening on their face. Um, so you name it when they're feeling it as best you can, and then you guide them to name their own feelings. So that can happen. It's different for every child. So toddlers often we're naming it for them and then they'll, they'll spit it right back at you <laughs> and you'll get it back. So, um, that's the toddler zone. You're mostly naming for them. I, I think, um, accurately. And then in threes and fours, the preschool age, then you need to guide them to name the feelings themselves. So how are you feeling right now? And then they, it looks to mommy like you're, um, that's a good one. It looks to mommy like you're jealous because I was snuggling with your brother and you wanted to come sit with me, but there wasn't enough room in the chair. Is that what happened? And they might say yes. And they might say no. And then it's fine. That starts a discussion about, well, how were you feeling then? How if you weren't feeling jealous, how were you feeling? Tell mommy about it. Tell daddy about it. Um, and that's how we start to name our feelings. First, we name them, then we feel them in our body. So you've taught them to name them. Next is when you start to feel. So when you start to feel happy, where do you feel it in your body? If you see grandma and papa walking up the stair, if you know we're driving up to grandma and nanny's or grandma and nanny's house, whoever, how does your body start to feel? And then you explain it to each other. When I feel really excited, I get really like, my feels like almost like my body's vibrating. I'm so excited. Um, my face goes into a smile and so you name all the things and then same with all the other feelings, you can do them all. But when I start to feel mad, I feel a burning in the middle of my chest. That's where I start to feel mad. Then sometimes my ears start to feel hot. Then sometimes my cheeks go red. So it's different for everyone. Um, some, some kids' faces go entirely red when they're mad. Um, or then you can talk about embarrassed and how our cheeks flush on some, on some people. So first name the feelings, then just talk about how it feels in your body. And then from there, you can talk about how it starts to feel as you calm down. So when I start to feel mad, when I feel really out of control, this is how my body feels. I feel all tight and I feel scrunched up and I feel hot and I feel all these things. And then now that 
So then you, you go through the tantrum with them. And then after it, maybe you're holding them, maybe they've cried, maybe whatever it is when they're calm. How does your body feel now? Does it feel lighter? Does it feel still? Is it still feeling hot? You know, so kind of go backwards. So start with how do you feel when you start to get these feelings and emotions when they move through your body? And then how do you feel when they're released or when they've left? And it's really important not to not to distract and um, try to fix their feelings. I know I did this with my first, I mean, it's your first baby. You just never want them to feel any pain ever, right? And just if you do that, they don't learn to feel their own feelings. They're waiting for you to fix it for them. And it's really hard for them to name their feelings to, to know that it's okay to have those, what we might, we won't, don't want to name any of them negative, but you know, sad, mad, jealous, the ones that we're trying to avoid, maybe, um, they need to know that, that, that everyone has those feelings and that it's okay. And that you can sit there with them while they have those feelings that you can be there and you won't love them any less for being jealous of their brother. So those are the main important things. Name their feelings, talk about how it moves through their body, talk about how it is when they're calm again, and be with them and be the calm one. Be the calm in their storm. Be the one that they know will just be there and can listen and won't judge. Uh, Is this easy? No. (laughs) Do do I do it every day, 100%? No, not even close. I give myself a 50 maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Some days are better than others. And now it's harder than ever. And now we're having big feelings too. So if you are off center and if you are fearful and as we all are in this new world that we're trying to navigate and you're unable to control your feelings, it's going to be very difficult for you to guide a little one through theirs. Right? So I learned a new practice And it's called, I believe that Tara Brock is the originator of it. I know she wrote a book called Rain, A Practice of Radical Compassion and Self-Compassion. So I'll put the links, but um, in the show notes, but here it is in a nutshell. The acronym RAIN, R-A-I-N, is an easy to remember tool for bringing mindfulness and compassion to to emotional difficulties. So as you're having an emotion that is big and you want to, to move through it calmly, I guess it's R recognize a allow I investigate and N nurture. So first recognize what's going on. So recognize the feeling that you're feeling. And that's what I just said. We're trying to teach kids to do, right? So name the feeling. Um, Tara Brock says recognizing means consciously acknowledging in any given moment, the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that are affecting you. This can be done with a simple note to yourself. Um, a men- she says a mental whisper, noting what you are most aware of. So this doesn't have to be just negative feelings. It can be positive feelings. Like when you're feeling joyful, recognize that and recognize that it's affecting your behavior and that you're more up and you're more bouncy and you're more loving. So And then next, after you recognize what's going on in your body, 
allow. So this means letting the thoughts, feelings, emotions, sensations that you've just recognized and maybe named simply to be there without trying to fix or avoid anything. This is what I said with your children when you just be there with them, acknowledging that they're upset and that you're not going anywhere and you love them anyway. So um, she has a couple of things. So you might recognize fear and allow it by just saying it's okay. And we do this to our kids all the time. You're really mad. It's okay to be mad. It's not okay to hit. So we can just say this to ourselves too. That news report made you really fearful. It's okay. It's okay. This is, this belongs in my whatever awareness right now. It's okay. Just allowing creates a pause that makes it possible to deepen your attention is what Tara Brock says. So just allowing it lets you pay attention a little more. So next I, so we have recognize, allow, investigate, investigate with interest and care. So with your children, this will be investigating why they might be feeling that way. Have you been spending more time with their brother lately? Is their brother really touchy feely and you need to, to hold him more during this uncertain time? And now your the other sibling is getting jealous. Is there something more to it on your own? You just investigate. It says call on your natural curiosity, the desire to know truth and direct a more focused attention to your present experience. So you might ask yourself what, what most wants attention? Where do I feel this in my body? What am I believing? So if it was a news article or a news report, is, was it fantasticized? Like, was it made to be more um, scary than it actually is? Um, and do you need to believe all of that, I guess? Um, and then what does this vulnerable place want from me? What does it need most? Whatever the inquiry, Tara Brock says, your investigation will be most transformational if you step away from conceptualizing and bring your primary attention to the felt sense in the body. So really focus on where you're feeling it. And then just, what do you need? So that's kind of with your children too. Um, what do they most need in that moment? They just need you to sit there. Do they need you to talk them through it? You know your children best and you know what they need. And if you don't, you'll figure it out the more and more you sit with them during these big feelings. And then N is nurture with self-compassion. Self-compassion begins to naturally arise in the moments that you recognize you are suffering. It comes into fullness as you intentionally nurture your inner life with self-care. So this means inner life is just paying attention to yourself and what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Um, she says... Try to sense what the wounded, frightened, or hurting place inside you needs most, and then offer some gesture of active care that might address this. Does it need a message of reassurance or forgiveness or of compassion, of love? Like, what do you need most? And then we sometimes think we need that from someone else. So if you hurt someone else, if you are replaying that moment with your friend in your mind and you made a mistake, um... So just recognize that, investigate, what do I need most right now? And if the answer is, I need forgiveness, know that you can nurture yourself with that forgiveness. You don't need um, always to seek forgiveness or love or companionship or anything outside of you. So you can just give yourself that 
forgiveness, like just, even if it's just for that minute that you forgive yourself for what you did, just, I forgive myself in this moment. Um, so any kind of, any kind of message of care to yourself. So if it was a fearful news report, it'd be like, we don't always have to be watching the news every night. Maybe tomorrow we take a day off of the news. Okay. And then when you're done after you've done the R-A-I-N, it's important to notice the quality of your own just being in that moment. So how do you feel after, after you've given yourself a break, basically (laughs) you've recognized and you've investigated and you've, oh, sorry, allowed, you've recognized your emotion, you've allowed it, you've investigated it. And then that nurturing part, I, I really think is helpful. And maybe the first time you just recognize, and then you don't get to the rest of the steps. Um, and then maybe the second time you recognize and allow, like, don't expect yourself to just become able to do this with yourself or with your children tomorrow, because that's just not going to happen. These things take time. They take practice and I mean, emotions are never perfect. Even when you've done something a million times, you can make the same mistake again. We've all done it. So just forgive yourself, forgive yourself, forgive yourself and try again. And then, so that I found really helpful for myself and another one for myself, which my husband and I just started, we're both home and not working. So he works, um, out of town and back in town. So when he's home, he's off basically, And we, I saw a post on Facebook and I'm sorry, I don't know who to attribute it to, but, um, it says one hour a day, you each get to go off and do what you want. So I'm on my hour right now. I'm recording this podcast. That's what I want to do. I really want to reach out and help. And I don't know what he did on his hour today, but I took the kids out of the house. So it was quiet. And honestly, knowing that we have that hour and like within reason, we can take it when we choose. Right. So I was taking the kids outside. So I said like, take your hour now kind of thing today. But, um, if you get some bad news about family, if you need, if the kids are driving you crazy, if you just did homeschooling and you're done, (laughs) you can take your hour, you know, so I've so far it's been two days, so I don't know, but it's been helpful thus far. And then another thing that's, um, I think is helpful in this time is, we all have to start saying what we need, naming our emotions and like just speaking really clearly and succinctly about what we need in the moment right now, because everything's changing so fast. One minute you have a job, the next minute you don't. One minute you're, uh, whatever uncle's healthy, the next minute he's not one minute. So it's just changing so fast that we really need to speak I don't know. I want to say like authentically, but that sounds like hokey, (laughs) but honestly it's true. Just just speak from the heart, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and to your kids too, just, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I listen to the news too much and there's some scary stuff going on and you don't need to worry about it, but it just kind of, I'm upset right now and I just need to be upset for a minute. So I'm just going to sit here and you can sit with me if you want to being true, being clear, being honest is even more important right now. Um, one more thing before I tell you about the calm down baskets, Gabby Bernstein wrote a few books, but one that this is from is the universe has your back. And it's a little practice that is, um, from yoga 
the theory and practice of yoga, not the physical postures. And you can, she says you can teach it to your kids too. And I find it just helps me to remember that I want to remain calm during this. That's my main, I'm, that's my main goal, I guess, intention and to help my children and everyone else in my family do the same. So what she says to do is touch your thumb to your pointer finger, then your middle finger, then your ring finger, then your pinky finger, as you say in your head or out loud, peace begins with me. And this is really, um, actually a good fine motor activity for kids to touch their, their thumb to each of their fingers in turn. But also it reminds them that if they, like they have the choice to remain in a place of calmness or to get out of control, um, to get mad, to hit, to throw something, to act out. So they get to choose. They are the, you know, ruler of their own body, I guess, whatever. Um, so you can teach it to your kids or you can just do it yourself. And I, if you ever just tap your fingers on the side of your body and in your brain, you're saying peace begins with me. Peace begins with me when they're driving you crazy. I mean, any, if it helps, it helps. And in that, if that doesn't speak to you, then don't do it because it's not for you. Um, but if you think it might help, then try it and see what happens. And my mom was a cashier for years and she said, you can think anything with a smile on your face. And that is so true. So while your kid is driving you crazy and talking about the same thing for the millionth time or asking you the same question for the 100th time or saying your name for the 1 millionth time, you can be touching your thumb to your index and then middle and then ring and then pinky finger just going, peace begins with me. Peace begins with me. And it just reminds you that in that moment, you have, a, you have a choice to say, please don't ask me that again. I've already answered you. Or you have, or you can yell and scream and blow your top off. So in every moment you have a choice. And these days, in some moments, you're probably going to blow your top off and yell and get angry and lose it. And when you do, acknowledge it, apologize for it you know, say that you're going to try harder not to do that, that that's not your intention is not to yell at them all the time and it's not their fault and try again the next day. That's all we can do, especially in this insanely fast changing world and differing, just different rules, different expectations for everyone. I hope that some of that landed. Oh, I forgot about the right calm down basket. Calm down basket is, um, the intention of it is to be a basket full of items like fidget toys. So fidget spinners would be good. Um, balls that squish. So those like, um, I don't know if you've seen them that they're, they're like, um, they have, they look like they have gel inside and then they have a net over top when you squish like little balls of gel come out those things. Um, any kind of, um, stress ball, I have, um, those wands that have sparkles in them that tinkle down slowly. Um, you could put a rain stick in there. Um, you could put a book with paper and crayons. If your child is one that likes to color and draw, even if they like angrily scribble in the book, that's fine. Um, you don't want to have too many items. You might have, um, like a chew toy. If they're a kid that likes to like chew on things, if they 
chew on their fingers when they're upset. They might want to chew on something. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is in ours. Anything that they can fiddle and play with in my calm down basket. I don't have anything heavy, so I don't have fidget spinners. I have a mini fidget spinner in one of them, but I don't have big fidget spinners in them because my four-year-old will throw things when he's upset. So you could have like um, flat rocks to balance on top of each other. So anything that focuses their attention and then any of the um, slimes, um, kinetic sand, the thinking putty is really great. And especially if it's only in calm down basket and they only get it at calm down basket time, that's good too. So the idea is we used to, I used to say you're on timeout. You can use things from the calm down basket. Um, now I just say you need to go to calm down basket. So the first, actually all the times you should be sitting with them. So it's not a timeout where they are by themselves with this basket because that's when the throwing, the ripping, the destroying happens. So you bring out the calm down basket and there's a sheet on and it says, I'm, there's like, um, there can be colors or there's faces and it says you're ready to explode or you're exploding, you're annoyed, <laughs> you're okay, and then you're great. So you want to get them back to feeling of okay or great, and then they're ready to leave calm down basket. So you move a clothes peg from the top, you put it where they are. So are they ready to explode? Are they exploding? And then as they're playing, they're meant to move the clothes peg down until they get to okay. And then you can talk about how they feel in their body when they were ready to explode, how they feel in their body now that they're okay. And how do they know that they're ready to leave calm down basket? Cause they'll just sometimes say, I'm okay. I'm okay. They just want to leave. Right. So first I just, we sit there and we don't talk about what they did or why they're there. We just play with the putty, squish it. If they're a talker, you can talk. If they're a quiet kid, don't talk. Just choose your own thing to play with. And then um, always it's okay to be mad. It's not okay to hit. It's okay to be mad. It's not okay to destroy things in the calm down basket, obviously. Um, and you just play and you said, I set a timer, um, equal to the minutes, equal to the age of your child. So if your child's four, it's a four minute. If they're, so you can set the timer on your phone or I have sand timers. And then I just have bubble timers and sand timers in the calm down basket too, for them to look at. And it really works. And so we started with always sitting with them. And sometimes I still do, but now I can walk away and just say, you need to go to calm down basket. And then I set a five minute timer and usually it's often around dinner time. So I'm in the kitchen. He's in the kitchen. He's very close to me. And he'll sometimes say, mommy, do you want to come play with me? And I, I usually will say yes, because I think if they're asking for that connection at a time when they're upset, you should give it to them. But yeah, I know life and dinner. So you do your best and you can find the links online. Um, teachers pay teachers has lots of calm down baskets, but I will link one in the show notes and I will put a calm down basket Pinterest board up and then you can make your own calm down basket and it's easy to do. And you should have enough stuff in your house. You don't need to go to the dollar store. Um, I realize as a teacher, I have more stuff in mind. So don't, don't, please don't compare because <laughs> Some stuff I purchased to use in classes. And then now that I'm not teaching a class full time, I bring it right home. So yours does not need to be, um, anything. It can just be what, what works for your child. Even my son has some maps in his, cause he like, that calms him down. He like looks at maps and he tells me about where the places are and talks and talks and calms him down. Anything 
to, yeah. And then after their timeout's over, um, their calm down time, (laughs) they have to acknowledge what they did. Um, you know, so if they hit someone just say, cause that's the easiest, most frequent one in our household, I think, um, they need to make amends. To, we call it amends to that person because I don't always think that saying sorry is heartfelt and real and true. So, um, they can do something nice for that person, draw them a picture, um, do a chore that would have been there. The person they hits chore, um, they have to fix what they broke, clean up the mess that they made, and then they can carry on with their day. So it's kind of the amends is making it better, right? Whatever you did, making it better. And of course, this has to be age appropriate. So if your two-year-old spilled four liters of milk, they can't clean that up. That's not age appropriate, but they can help you. They can get a cloth and help you. And of course, it's not going to be much help, but <laughs> it's just the act of helping. Please email me if any of that doesn't make sense. If you want help setting up a calm down basket, um, I can do that for you. Uh, it's Charlene at playfuljoyparenting.com, or you can find me on Instagram at playfuljoypodcast. I'm really trying on Instagram to share uplifting content plus funny memes, plus, um, kind of inspirational, um, quotes or things that are happening. This kind of things I would like to hear on a daily basis. So, um, I've been quite active on Instagram through this coronavirus. I'm finding it um, kind of like an inspiring place to be if you follow the right accounts. And hopefully mine is one of those. So follow me on there. You can DM me on Instagram or you can email me charlene at playfuljoyparenting.com. Let me know how I can be of service during this time. Would it help you to, for me to post a bunch of, um, like someone already DM'd me asking for sight word cards. Would that help you to, for me to help you find out which level your child is at and how to help them with sight words or what to do with their reading or math? Um, would you like help with that? Or would you like help with the calm down basket and the feeling stuff? Would you like more activities to do with them during the day? I can make more Pinterest boards about that. I did make a good one, which is called since everyone has so much toilet paper, dot, dot, dot. And it's a bunch of toilet paper roll crafts for like the inside of the toilet paper. Yeah. So check that one out on Pinterest and, um, and let me know if you do one of those crafts and post a pic and uh, send me a, send me an email of the picture of your crafts. I really truly hope that was helpful. I hope that you're taking care of yourself during this time so that you can be there for your children and everyone else in your family. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.